Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Sprung it to the middle, but Wall will give it away to Dreisaitl. Backhand scores! Leon Dreisaitl goes upstairs, and the Oilers have a 4-3 lead. Leon Dreisaitl using the backhand with the burger flipper. That'll go into the books as the game winner tonight as the Edmonton Oilers snap a three-game losing streak with a 6-3 decision over the New Jersey Devils. Dreisaitl's goal, the second in a three-goal outburst early in the third period. The Oilers got three goals in a minute and nine seconds to turn a 3-2 deficit into a 5-3 lead. Ryan McLeod would add another one later in the period. He got the first goal and the last goal in this game. Two goals for him as the Oilers win it. Calvin Pickard, the winning goaltender, he made 23 saves, 4-0 in his career against the New Jersey Devils. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 825 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, 3-2 Devils after the second period, a period in which the Oilers outshot the Devils 17-6 but saw a 2-1 lead turned into a 3-2 deficit, and we talked after the second period about, you know, would the Oilers be frustrated? Uh, how many goals would the McDavid line get, and could the Oilers keep the Devils from getting that fourth goal? Well, a perfect opening two and a half minutes. That's <laughs> opening three minutes of the third period for Edmonton. Well, the, the one thing that the Devils haven't been very good this year is in third periods of holding leads. And you look at their lineup, they don't have a shutdown pairing. So when there's a push, it's not like they can throw someone out there. The Oilers, you can throw Echo out. You can throw a Nurse out. Someone to slow down the opposition. Well, the Devils don't have that. So when the Oilers had their push, the Devils were flailing. And uh, it, it started again with, with Connor McDavid and his line. And you and I were talking. Connor has been as good as he's ever been with the Edmonton Oilers. And tonight, his line started it up again. All right. Let's go back to New Jersey. Here's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch. Um, you know, I, the second period obviously wasn't what we wanted. Um, they, you know, came out and scored early in the period. And, but I thought we, we did a lot of good things in the second period. We didn't score the goals, but I thought we deserved a better fate. Um, obviously, the third period was much better. Um, I don't know if we had as much offense as on time. Obviously, the goals came. But, um, you know, I was just happy with our guys. And it was very similar to the, the Winnipeg game where I, I thought we, you know, we could have been up. We weren't. We stuck with the game plan, and it paid off in the third period. So, you know, good for them um, to stick with it. Talking to Adam early, Ernie earlier this week, I asked him about, you know, waiting for him to get the tap, and he said, I just got to focus on my own process, and when that opportunity comes, I'll capitalize. As his head coach, you see him score a big goal like that. What goes through your mind? Oh, we're so happy for him on the bench, and it was unfortunate. It's, it was almost a month for without his um, since his last game, and a couple things happened. Uh, um, we went on a winning streak. Um, you know, we won eight games in a row, and he was part of not being in the lineup and then he also got sick uh, which held him back from getting back in the lineup maybe a little bit earlier than he did tonight uh, but he was ready and um, you know good for him I thought he played a really good game obviously it was nice to see him score the goal but I thought he broke up a lot of plays defensively made some plays on the defenses or and the breaking up the puck out on the wall um, Adam played a really good game that's what we expect from him and um, he delivered what did you think of the three goals in 69 seconds? I mean, it just turned the game upside down in your favor. What's kind of going on in the bench and through your mind? Yeah, no, obviously there's a lot of excitement. You worked, they worked so hard last, um, yeah, the, um, 
you know, three, four games um, not being able to score uh, even strength goals. Um, and a lot of it, you know, it goes back to that Tampa Bay game. Um, I think there was only one even strength goal in that game. Um, and then the Florida Islanders just... We struggled getting goals, and I think we, we did a lot of good things. We could have did some things better. Um, tonight, they just they worked out in our favor, and I think a lot of guys just could relax, and that always happens with uh, guys after they score goals. It's easier to play hockey after they've got a couple tallies under their belt. What do you think of that Leon Dreisaitl backhand to go shelf that in tight? Um, yeah, I know it's impressive. And when that puck goes on his backhand, usually we're telling guys keep the puck off their backhand. But uh, he's one of the guys that can make some incredible uh, shots and passes on his backhand. So we'll, we'll let it go. He can he can put the puck on his backhand. That is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Knobloch now 11-6 as the Oilers bench boss after this 6-3 road win against the New Jersey Devils. And he kind of touched on it, Rob. this the second period, probably a better period in terms of the quality of the chances, but they, they kept going into the third, and then they finally started going in. Well, when you continue to pressure a, a team over and over, and that team is constantly uh, battling in front of their net, battling in their zone, eventually things are going to turn for the wrong. And you had a goalie that was under siege for really the last 40 minutes of the hockey. Once he came in, and eventually bad things will happen. Uh, he got beat by a, a couple good goals. He got beat by a couple he probably wants back. But he just continually was under pressure. And the Oilers were the better team and deserve it. Of, I mean, when they were down 3-2, they shouldn't have been down. They were the better team. The 6-3 victory, how they got it is is doesn't really matter so much as the fact that that's probably indicative uh, uh, indication of what the game was like. This was a game the Oilers were twice as good as the New Jersey Devils, and it just took them a little longer to get to that final tally. But uh, this is a team that was, I mean, the Oilers deserve this. And what you like about it, and you talked about it at the end of the second period, will they be frustrated? They didn't look frustrated in the third period. They look angry. They looked angry that they were down a goal in a game that they were the better of the two teams. And it started with their leader. And it started with their other best player who uh, hasn't been as good as of late. But that was a big goal. And uh, uh, there's very few players in the league, A, that would have taken it on as their backhand. Most of them would have pulled it to their forehand. And B, guys that would have taken it on their backhand probably would have hit the goalie in the stomach. Nobody has that kind of strength on their backhand, or very few in the National Hockey League, as Leon does. Well, I, I want to ask you more about that backhand before we get to McDavid, because there's plenty to talk about with him. How, how difficult is that shot he made with, with the backhand? Because, like you said, a lot of players might have tried to move it to their forehand or thought, oh, I don't want to shoot my backhand, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it. And he just, he just didn't get a hard backhand away. It was right <laughs> under the crossbar. Well, it was hard and accurate. Most players, kids, adults, young pros, won't practice their backhand when they go in to shoot because it doesn't come off as hard. And in practice, they're not going to come in and just flutter one in on the goalie. They're going to turn and turn their body and shoot it hard forehand. So there's very few that have an effective backhand simply because they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, yet he's obviously worked on He's a big, strong man. So he's going to be strong wherever his forehand backhand. But the, the accuracy. I mean, there's, I've played with uh, or with or against Paul Korea. Had a great backhand. Sidney Crosby, great backhand. Uh, well, they used to talk about Davy Keon back in the 70s. But it's funny, when you start naming guys with great backhands, there's only like four or five that anyone can ever remember. Uh, it, it was, that is, uh, with the, in the difficulty category, that'd be a, a nine, 9.5 out of 10 to be able from and, and he wasn't mo- like he was barely moving when he got it to be able to put it up where he did and beat the goalie. Not only did he beat him, he beat him clean. So again, and Knobloch talked about it. We try to keep players with the puck away from their backhand. Leon's a, a rare breed that is as good with his backhand as he is with his forehand. Fourteenth goal of the season for Drysital. 
That was 42 seconds after McDavid tied the game. McDavid's 12th. McDavid has a goal and an assist. Plays 20 minutes and 2 seconds. So oddly enough, only had two shots on goal, though it seemed like he had the puck every time he was on the ice. That line... I mean, awesome. <laughs> Nugent Hopkins and Hyman, I think we've left a lot of games, even over that winning streak, uh, thinking, geez, they, they could have had a couple more. They could have had two or three more. Obviously, they're skilled and they're, they're tenacious. Uh, they win a lot of puck battles. And as much as we appreciate the skill and marvel at it, they're... I, I think their ability to create second, third, mm-hmm. fourth chances. I mean, teams just can't. And you, you, you were watching the game several times. You said New Jersey didn't get it out. That puck should have been out. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of, well, it's, it's just so much pressure. The, it makes it hard for the other team to clear it. The stress level uh, on the Jer- New Jersey Devils is so high. When the McDavid line's out there, they, they realize they don't have much time, and then they panic, and then they just throw it blindly. Or sometimes they feel they've got time, and both Hyman and McDavid close so quickly that you think, well, any other player in the NHL, I've got 1.5 seconds to make this play. Well, it's half as much with those guys. Uh, if they don't stop, and I think that's the biggest thing. If you watch, pick any line in the National Hockey League, and you watch when the puck is turned over in the offensive zone, you will see that line, the offensive line, take a moment, take a break. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll take a swing and they'll go start going back into their own end or they'll turn away from the puck. But there's a, a breather and it allows the other team to make it uh, a play or, or start to skate the puck out. Nugent Hopkins, McDavid and Hyman never stop. The, the pressure never stops. And it's just constant. So whatever, if they're out there for a minute five, for a minute five, you're under constant pressure. You never have that breath where, okay, I'm going to go pass it from one side to the other. A lot of teams, they'll take the puck in their own zone, they'll bank it behind the net to their other defenseman. And that was, we call it, it relieves the pressure. But when you do that against the McDavid line, they're already reading that. A, they read it. They understand where you're going with it. B, their speed and tenacity gets them there. So now you're under pressure over there. And the guy that's on that side, when you relieve a pressure, there's usually just one guy there because everyone's on one side. Let's get it to the other side, and then we can regroup. So now when he's under pressure, he has nobody to pass to. And that's when the turnovers happen, and that's where the Oilers start attacking again. You said it while we were off air, that this might be the best McDavid has ever played over this last 15 games. I, if it's not, it would be in the top two because he is dominant every time he steps on the ice. And that's why I didn't think this game was in doubt when we talked between periods because there was zero chance that they were going to go the rest of the game without McDavid or his line mate scoring a goal. They were that dominant through 40 minutes. 6-3, the Oilers win it. Hey, how about this? The Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. We turn it on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. So you can go to our website, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. And then the goal McDavid scored. I mean, he's standing there stick-handling just out waiting the, the, the goaltender. I mean, how difficult is that to have that patience in that moment? Well, for him, not. Right. Not difficult at all. <laughs> uh, m- most players, when they're in the, the red zone or in the slot area, when they get the puck, they're trying to get it on and off their stick I- as quick as possible because they're about to be attacked. Someone's going to come at them. Players like Connor and Leon have this ability to know how much time they have, and they're both so physically strong that they know that they can see what's in front of them. But they know if something's coming from behind, they know they're going to be able to absorb whatever they get from behind. So they know they have an extra second, more than anyone else. And on that one, McDavid is watching everything that's happening around him. That defenseman's sliding. i got to walk around him. Okay, now the goalie's, he's failing. i got to wait for him to just get out of my way. And I think one of our forwards was in front of that. I got to make sure his legs out of the way. All those things are going through his head where the normal players got puck, shoot puck. So he, he just, he makes it look easy. Most players don't do what Connor McDavid does and that's why Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. That was a really pretty play that 
you could tell when he does something special, and this is what I've said before, when he does something special, the celebration after the goal is so much higher, right. and you could see the excitement after that goal. So that made it 3-3. We talked about the dry settle goal. That made it 4-3. And then the third goal in that minute nine outburst was the first goal of the season for this guy who gets back into the lineup with Connor Brown being scratched. Adam Ernie scores. Well, Ernie's been waiting for his chance, and it's tough when you sit out for long periods of time. It's it's hard feeling a part of it. You know, your team wins eight in a row and all eight games you're sitting in the press box. And some players let it get to them. It, it affects the way they practice. It affects the way they work out. But the, the true professionals are the ones that they know what chance is going to come. Someone's going to get hurt. There's going to be an off game. When I get my chance, I have to be ready. Mm-hmm. And give Adam Ernie credit. He was ready. And, uh, I mean, that's a goal. I don't know what the goaltender is doing on that one. But, Ernie, what we've talked about a bunch of players. And McLeod, who had a good night tonight, when you have the puck, take the puck to the net. Adam Ernie was going to the net. He did not care who was with him, anything else. It was a two-on. He was driving that net. Uh, nice play. Nice play by Gagne to get him the puck, but Ernie fit in very well. And again, when you haven't played for a month and you're playing against a team with some speed, there's a little bit of fear that you're a step behind. He was not a step behind. He played well tonight. Ernie's uh, first NHL goal earns him our fourth star, or first, uh, what did I say, first goal with the Oilers, mm-hmm. uh, earns him our fourth star for Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. The uh, first star was Ryan McLeod with two goals, McDavid the second star with a goal and an assist, Nugent Hopkins the third star with a goal and an assist, Gagne with two assists. Played uh, very well. Ekholm with two assists, a pretty pretty solid game for the Oilers who, who stayed with it. I mean, they came out hot, which we have, to be fair, we have seen them start start games yep. fairly well uh, you know even back on that previous road trip a couple 2 nothing leads in which they didn't win New Jersey responded uh, you know that the Oilers did go that's the crazy thing the Oilers had 38 shots on goal went almost 10 minutes without a shot in the first <laughs> period well and, and you think about it New Jersey, when they played their best, was the last 10 minutes of the first period. They did not have a good second period when they scored two goals. True. They spent all the period in their own zone, yet they scored two goals. Sometimes the hockey gods aren't fair, but over the course of a 60-minute game, the hockey gods were fair in this one because the Oilers were the better team, twice as be- twice as good as the New Jersey Devils, and that's how they doubled up. But give the Oilers credit. Uh, earlier in the season, when the Oilers would fall behind, when things weren't going right, they're, they did not have the same jump mm-hmm. in some of those games. There's a bit more swagger now. Two very good power plays uh, going at it tonight. Didn't see them a lot. The Oilers were 0 for 2 as we update the power plays for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Devils did not have a man advantage. Uh, and, and to me, that's as important as anything. Zach Hyman got away with a massive cross check on, 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 on a big, big goal. David goal. Yeah. To be fair, um, but to me, Rob, especially when the Oilers were up five-three, you know, they kept it. They kept it clean. They played pretty responsible. Pickard made the stops that he needed to, mm-hmm. because to me, at that point, that was the only way New Jersey was getting back into the game. Is well, if you gave them a power play, and they thought, oh, okay, we got a chance now. Well, when when you're in, you're playing against a team that is an average five-on-five team with a deadly power play you keep them off the power play and teams saw that last year the last couple of years with the Oilers where the Oilers weren't as good five on five at times but their power play would win them hockey games so when teams came into Edmonton they would say okay stay out of the box we win the hockey game well that's what the Oilers did tonight New Jersey's got a dynamite power play uh, don't give them a chance let's play them five on five and five on five the Oilers were a much better team uh, Jack Hughes excellent hockey player having a great year not as noticeable tonight because he didn't get any sugar time on the power play and the Oilers did a very good job of limiting the chances that he had and the room that he had. So this was uh, a very, very good game for the Oilers that was coupled up with a very, very good result for the Oilers. This, and when you talk about good starts, they had a great start against the Islanders the other night too. Yep. That They just started to falter, and the Islanders kept going through the second period. The New Jersey Devils, uh, yeah, they 
this team, New Jersey, they need something on the back end if they want to have a push against the better teams in the Eastern well, Conference. Well, they don't have Hamilton, so that's, that's a, a big loss 20, for them as 25, well. 26-minute a night, yeah, big defense. Exactly. 6-3, the Oilers win it. Big donation tonight to 6-30, Chad Sanders Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injured lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They fill the net with 100 bucks for Santas every time the Oilers score. So, yes, $600 tonight. Let's go... Back to New Jersey. Here's Oilers captain Connor McDavid. Billions not only bouncing back from that loss against the Islanders, but also tonight showing up big in the third period. Yeah, I mean, I've liked a lot of aspects of our game. I feel like we've had lots of chances. Um, you know, we've just been finding ways to lose games. Um, you know, I thought we did that on the island. Um, we did that against Tampa. You know, the Florida game's kind of a write-off. So, um, you know, I thought we responded well tonight, obviously in a tough spot, down one, heading into the third period. But I thought there was great resilience, like you said, and, um, you know, the boys stuck with it. That messaging that you just shared is uniform throughout this locker room. You guys are creating chances but not necessarily getting the finish from time to time as a leader on this hockey club how do you make sure that that standard is upheld um well i think you know offensively um you know guys just got to stay with it um you know it uh it's confidence is key offensively i think defensively we've been doing a lot of really good things um you know minus obviously the florida game but i think defensively we've been really good our goaltending has been has been there when we needed it and um you know i think uh tonight was a a good show of resilience. You need one of those to, to kind of snap a losing streak like that. We just talked to Adam Ernie, of course, draws into the lineup for the first time in a month. Big goal. As his teammate, what goes through your mind when you see him score like yeah, that? Yeah, really big goal. Obviously happy for him. Um, you know, it's never a fun situation to be sitting out of the lineup. And he'd been doing it for a long time. And, um, you know, done it with a smile on his face. And just being a great teammate. Um, you know, and that's all you can ask for. And obviously steps in and scores a big goal at a big time. And um, that's what you ask of your teammates and ask out of everybody. Kind of what changed in the third period? You know what? I don't think much. Um, I feel like we had lots of loose pucks around the net, lots of little plays that, that could have gone. And um, all of a sudden, the third period, they just started going in. You know, it's a funny game that way. So um, you stay with it long enough to get rewarded, and I thought we did that tonight. Was anything said at the second intermission? <clears throat> uh, you know what? No, I think... As cliche as it is, it was kind of just stick with it. We liked a lot of it. we li- we liked a lot of uh, a lot of parts of our game. Um, we felt like we should have been down, but we were. Um, you know, kind of felt a little bit like the Winnipeg game, if you can rem- remember that a while ago, where um, you know we played, we we kind of carried the play, and um, we're down one and just kind of hung in there and, and found a way to win. What do you what think of that Leon Dreisaitl backhand yeah, shelf? Not many guys in the world can do that. <laughs> Uh, guys were saying that on the bench. You know, how does he? How does he do that? But you know, never ceases to amaze. One of the Devils' highly touted players is obviously Jack Hughes, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on his overall play and some of the comparisons that he's uh, had to Wayne Gretzky, uh, having won the Hart Trophy and also, um, and also having the career you have. I'm curious to hear your assessment on him. Um, yeah, obviously a really, you know, really good young player. All those Hughes boys are um, uh, amazing, um, you know, and obviously he's a young, uh, uh, you know, a young kid in this league and you know, carries himself really well out there on the ice, skates well, wants the puck, um, making plays. I mean, that's all you can ask for from uh, from your from your young guys, and, you know, he's just going to keep getting better and better. No doubt you have a high-power offense, but what can you do to improve the defense? What can we do to improve the defense? Well, you know, we just played a, a really, really, uh, you know, uh, highly talented team in the Devils here tonight, and I thought we did a good job of limiting their chances. They're, you know, super potent, and when they get a chance, it's 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 usually in the net, and they obviously showed that tonight. So I thought we did a lot of good things limiting their chances, and you know, hopefully something we can build off of. Three goals in uh, 69 seconds. What did you guys see there, and what were you exploring on the Devils' defensive side of things? Well, we just wanted to get pucks there. We felt there was a lot of pucks laying around the net, and um, we needed uh, – sometimes you just need a bounce, and we got one there early, and, and uh, you know, obviously Leo makes a special play there. Um, not a lot of guys can make, and, you know, bigger and chips in with, uh, with another big one, you know, a couple seconds later. So it's a big stretch of the game um, you know, that turned it uh, in our favor for sure. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, guys. I told the reporters, don't use your hair dryer near the microphone <laughs> when you're doing the interviews. <laughs> I also, I, I, I think Jack Hughes is a fantastic young hockey player, and I think he's yes. going to be a star in this league. 
I'm not sure who's comparing him to Wayne Gretzky yet. I have not heard that comparison. I don't think Jack Hughes needs that kind of comparison. I think he can just go out there and be Jack be Hughes. Jack Hughes is which, pretty good. Which is really good. Like his name his name has been was bandied about early as a, a guy that could be up for the heart contending this year because of the start he had. He's a nice young hockey player, but yeah, no, I don't see the comparisons to uh, the greatest that ever played yet. So that's that might be putting a little pressure on that yeah, young kid. That's okay. Or there's win it 6-3 tonight over the New Jersey Devils. So Edmonton's record now 14-15-1. They do snap their three-game losing streak. The Devils are 13 or pardon me, are 16, 13, and 2. Uh, they are 0-2-1 in their last three games. Glenn is a winner tonight of a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. He took the under the Oilers' face-off percentage in this game. I just set the line at even, 50%. They came in at 47%. Michael McLeod, Ryan McLeod's brother, who is the leading face-off guy in the league, went 67%, 8 out of 12. What was he? What did I have before? The I think he was about 67. 65.8. So he was a little better than that today. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that, It's scary good. against. I mean, the Oilers are a good face-off team, and McLeod went against them and still... He actually improved his stats, so uh, he is good on the, the faceoff. That's a big part of big part of hockey. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. We have Douglas standing by. Douglas, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't watch hockey. I listen to you guys uh, for a few years and enjoy it. Sixty years ago, I played in Pleasantview on a peewee team called UN Food Market, and uh, our sponsor, he bought us purple uniforms. Our coach was handicapped. Uh, We won the Provincials, and we did really good in Weyburn, which was probably the biggest sports tournament of its kind anywhere in the world in the 1960s. And I just wanted to say I agree 110% with Rob. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm not sure what I said, like but thank e- you. Just everything? Like anything <laughs> Rob says? <laughs> I, no, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. was so glad to hear somebody finally step up in public, put their neck in a noose like Rob did, and say, my eyes work. I don't need analytics. We had a coach that was handicapped. His name was Larry Adams, an absolute genius when it came to hockey. Claire Drake would have told you that. Yeah. And analytics, and we had a coach and a sponsor and purple uniforms. Well, that sounds right. I love the color. Actually, burgundy's more uh, you, my color. You were just purple, about to say I love the color yeah. purple, which is the big Christmas movie coming out oh, that this is, year. That is a the movie. color purple, oh, yes. Did they remake it? Yes, there's a remake. Oh, it, yeah. interesting. Fantasia okay. from American Idols in it. I just was watching the commercial a few minutes okay. ago. Okay, I, I, I missed that. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, I totally understand what Douglas is saying. There are, I, I think as a hockey organization you should get as much information 100 percent yep i think you have to control how much you directly tell the players uh but rob's right i mean there's this new stat now that not new but it's talked about more is expected goals well really it's it's an offshoot of grade a chances high danger chances slot shots right you know so you're right. You, you don't necessarily need to know that McDavid and Nugent Hopkins and Hyman are a good line until you're told, well, they, they have 80% expected goals or 65%. You, you can't watch that. Now, having said that, sometimes I think there are numbers like that that might make you think, huh, this guy's now played 10 games, and when he's on the ice, the shot differential is, is this or he's doing this. I mean, I, I do think... I think it's valuable. I think coaches and managers have to combine. Yes, I watch the well, games, and here's oh, here's a subtle number. I wonder why this is you, like you can't just look at the number and say okay. You, then you have to go. Oh, okay, I'll, t- I'll use this as an example. Um, a, 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 a former colleague here had a son who played pretty high level hockey, played mm-hmm. junior A, and went to an NCAA team. And one of his coaches in junior uh, said, okay, every every player has to have a combined. 
I don't know what the number was. We'll say seven. Seven shots on goal plus hits per game. So in the first period, they would just get across the blue line and snap, uh, slap it on net and go out of their way to deliver a body check. Which is so. Dumb. So those numbers aren't <laughs> are, no, are, it, in that case no. aren't valuable. But I think there are cases where you can look at numbers and say, hmm, let's figure out why this a- is happening. Analytics c- confirm what good hockey people see. I mean, a, a good coach or a good GM doesn't need analytics to tell you this guy's good, this guy's bad. This guy's playing well, this guy's playing poorly. Analytics uh, just confirm what you're already seeing. Um, yeah, I have all the stats you want. But to me, the, the stat when Bob's quoting the stats about Connor's line tonight, didn't need that. They were the best line on the ice every time they were on the ice there in the offensive zone. I don't need to know that it was an 80% share, 77% share, whatever it was. I saw it with my eyes. They are that good. And McDavid has the last 15 games, and you, you said the best he's ever played. It, it's got to be close, like dominating. And it's not he's not having games where at the end of the night you remember three or four plays. He's having every shift in the game, he's creating something. Mm-hmm. He's spending every moment in the offensive zone, creating opportunities. And the opposition is under absolute duress when that line is out there. He's leading the charge, and Hyman and Nugent Hopkins are doing their share as well. But McDavid right now is too much for a lot of these teams to handle. And two points tonight could have been eight. Yeah. The amount of opportunities that he had. I I, I find, like, I, I like numbers and stats. I, I will also say this, and I, I know there's people listening who really like analytics that are probably mad at Rob right now, and that's fine. No, I, I, nothing against analytics. I just... But, but I, I think my belief is, and I've, you know, had hockey people tell me things off the record, so to speak, or mm-hmm. share things with me. I think probably some of the most interesting things aren't public. I mean, it's great we have Corsi and Mm. Shot Share and High Danger Chances. But, I mean, the video, we we talk a lot about video, Mm -hmm. how players and coaches use it, but think how an an, an analytical person, I mean, I know for a fact teams have people who watch every goal. Yep. Not every goal in those teams' games. Every goal scored in the NHL. What are the trends? Mm-hmm. What are the actual... And, and so that's the thing. Okay, you want to score from the slot. Okay, if you can't, actually work... It's like your thing, Rob. Throw the puck on net from a sharp angle. Mm-hmm. Maybe if somebody's, Some team has probably said, you know what? Actually, if you shoot from a low angle... The puck then goes into the slot 57% of the time, it's, which is as good. As opposed to being a face-off. Like th- those are the things that, would, to me, would be really interesting to see all that stuff that isn't but public. all that is is the analytic dude do, pointing out what the hockey player has already figured out to do. So Gagne is very good at it. So now they'll say, okay, the analytics show when Gagne throws here, it bounces here. Gagne already knew that. That's why he did it. All right, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we got a couple people on hold. We will get to them. You're going to hear from Adam Ernie and Ryan McLeod. McLeod scores twice. Uh, Adam Ernie gets his first goal as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. We'll quickly update the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Sabres pound the Maple Leafs 9-3. Capitals beat the Blue Jackets 3-2 in overtime. Elvis Merzlikens, uh threw punches at Tom Wilson. Didn't work <laughs> and, out well for him. Didn't work out well for him. Uh, not because Wilson beat him up, because... The Capitals then won on the power play. Uh, Blues beat the Panthers 4-1. Lightning outscored the Golden Knights 5-4. Penguins beat the Hurricanes 2-1 in a shootout. Predators dropped the Flyers 4-2. Stars beat the Canucks 4-3 in overtime. Wild beat the Canadians 4-3 in overtime. The Senators lead Colorado 4-3 after two. Flames lead the Ducks 1-0 after one. Coyotes and Sharks scoreless halfway through the first. And right here on 6:30, Chet, Oilers take down the Devils 6-3. We're back after the news with more Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Kareem getting the 
his zone. He sure pulls it off the right wing side. Tried a shot, couldn't get it through. He'll get another chance saved by Pickard. Went off his glove and then he swept it to the corner. Calvin Pickard, save of the game, presented by Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Cam Moon on the call for all 23 of Pickard's saves tonight and all six Oilers goals in a 6-3 win over the New Jersey Devils. Ryan McLeod scored twice. Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Ernie also scoring as the Oilers end that three-game losing streak to go to 14-15-1 on the season. They uh, do not pass anybody. They were three points behind Minnesota coming into this game. and Oh, Minnesota won in overtime. Yeah, they did. Kaprizov back-to-back games. Did he score an overtime winner? Uh, yes, so now it is uh, Edmonton with 29 points. The closest teams to them are Seattle and Calgary with 31. Calgary's on the TV right here, leading Anaheim 1-0. And Seattle, oh, they're not playing. My bad. That's all I got, Rob. That's good enough. <laughs> we got Sir Robert on the line. Go ahead, Sir Robert. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Good. Um, well, I guess, uh, obviously, I thought, I mean, like, I thought tonight, for the most part, I thought that, I mean, like, I thought they controlled, I mean, like, essentially most of the play, obviously, in the second period, thought they were, I mean, they were dominant, but didn't score, and then they fell behind, and, you know, and I can't, and I, I kind of started to wonder at that point, okay, I mean, like, we saw this, we saw this, uh, somewhat saw this movie before, when they played New York, right, scored early, shot behind, and then couldn't come back. Well, tonight, well, tonight it was the exact opposite. But I don't know. I think uh, I'm starting to wonder now when it comes to uh, uh, guys like Pickard, because I mean, uh, uh, because tonight, I mean, he was good. Yeah, he let in three, but you know, a lot of times we were seeing. Uh, you know, with Campbell, when he was letting in a goal that was putting us behind, it was kind of. Then he'd let in the next one, and the deficit would get to, and then the deficit was getting to two or three. Well, Picker didn't do that, so I'm starting to wonder how many more starts do you think? Uh, do you think maybe Picker's going to get? Well, at least one, because <laughs> they have another back-to-back after Christmas. <laughs> beyond beyond that, Robert, I. It's hard to know what's... I mean, Bob and I were talking about, does Olivier Rodrigue play in the NHL this year? Possible. I mean, it's it's possible. I would have said no way two months ago. Uh, yeah, I still think they're going to look for a veteran goaltender. I, I honestly no longer... I, I, I've been like, I, I'm going to be completely wrong on Campbell. I thought he'd be the bounce-back story of the year for the Oilers. So did I. And when he went down, I said, he'll be back. He'll... He, they'll give him another chance because he's an employee and they need the employees to work <laughs> to do what they're paid to do. I I, I don't know anymore. Uh, yeah, well, it hasn't gone well for him and he's being outplayed by Rodrigue down there. So uh, Pickard gave him a quality start tonight and that's what they want out of your backup goaltender. Um, they have probably another 15 games before they have to make a decision. So probably another four or five games for Pickard to decide if he's the backup going forward or if they're going to find someone else come the trade deadline or before the trade deadline, a veteran-type player. But Pickard did give him a quality start tonight, and that's good. And they do not have any back-to-backs in January. That's Except well, for these two games, all the Oilers' back-to-backs are, are in February, March, and April. Well, that, that's where they were talking about, uh, I think Jason Greger was the one that posted it. They had 18 games and 53 nights. They were not in an, a point where they were going to tire out a goaltender. The, it's in February on when all of a sudden the Oilers are going to need to have another goaltender play a lot of quality starts because they do not want, if they make the playoffs, which I believe they will, they do not want Stuart Skinner going in there having played 65 games this year. He is going to need relief in February, March, and April. So they have to decide if it's a Pickard, is it Rodrigue, is it Campbell, or is it someone outside the organization? 6-3, the Oilers win tonight over the New Jersey Devils. We will go to Joe on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Joe, go ahead. Hey, fellas, how you doing tonight? Good. Um, first of all, I'd just like to say um, um, McLeod's game, uh, when he's playing his game and, the, and playing the way he should, should play, he's, I find him very effective, and tonight it really showed. And number two, who do you go with tomorrow playing a 
high-end New York Rangers team. Who do you put in that? Oh, oh Skinner. Skinner. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Joe. They, uh, but Knobloch already said yesterday what? it'd be it'd be Skinner tomorrow that they'd split these two games for sure. Yeah, Sk- Skinner's in net tomorrow. I would assume it's all the same skaters if unless, everybody's healthy. Unless Ryan uh, Ryan Bob- gets hit so much, man. <laughs> oh man, he's made a rubber. I, I and I would go first of all the the first point he made about uh, McLeod. Yeah, when McLeod plays like that, yes, he is effective. He just hasn't done it near enough this year. He has been yep. very inconsistent. The only consistent thing he's been has been not as good as he should be. He's capable of so much more than he's given tonight. Tonight was a good night. He did play eventually tonight with Leon Dreisel, and I would go with those lines. I would start tomorrow's game against the Rangers with the lines that they finished tonight. And for Evander Kane, that's moving way down in the lineup. But Evander Kane has not played well as of late. Uh, tonight it was Fogel, Dreisaitl, and McLeod, and that line was effective in the third period. Yeah, that's it's it's been tough for Kane. What is that? Uh, he nine of the last ten games he doesn't have a point, and and doesn't look anywhere like the player that we saw in that eight game stretch where he was so effective. Um, I and I know that he was missing practice. That Bob says he's now practiced a, a couple times here. Uh, Evander Kate is a loud player, has to play loud. That's big hits, big physicality, be talking. Uh, he's been quiet these last few games, not creating a whole lot. And you asked about frustration and confidence and stuff like that. There was two plays tonight where Evander Kane had wide-open players. One was a, a pass. If he hits Leon Dreisaitl, it's a four-on-two with lots of time. Mm-hmm. He missed Leon Dreisaitl by 15 feet. Like, it was not even close. Uh, that is not what you normally see out of Evander Kane. So there's something going on there. But Evander Kane has not played well. Thus, he was moved down in the lineup, and the Oilers responded. So Ryan McLeod scored the first goal of the game, 24 seconds into the contest, and then he routed out the scoring with 10.56 left in the third period. Here's McLeod. Well, Ryan, uh, you and your brother actually came up big for each club but uh, how happy are you to beat uh, your brother in the Devils tonight? Uh, yeah it's huge um, tough little road trip coming up or that we're on so it was nice to get that win get back in the win column for our group uh, you know obviously a good night for both of us but uh, glad we came out on top uh, take us through the feeling of uh, playing well and then getting rewarded getting elevated into the top six yeah it's great um, kind of just trying to stay to my game to say uh, you know playing hard and playing fast and simple and you know, I was, uh, I was working tonight, so it was, it was good to see. Let's talk about the resilience of this club, not only bouncing back from that loss on the island, but bouncing back in that uh, from that second period, I should say, coming out strong in the third. Uh, yeah, the message in the room was kind of just stay the same. We thought we, you know, we're doing uh, good enough things to win the game, and um, you know, just came out and, and got some good bounces and and uh, took the game over. I know uh, you and your teammates have been uh, uniform in the messaging of stick with it and good things will happen. You guys haven't been rewarded as la- as of late. Where does that messaging come from? Where does that start? Uh, I think just from from everyone in the group, it's a group thing. Um, you know, if you look at all the you know analytics and things, we're we're doing a lot and we're you know we're controlling most of the games. It's just kind of bearing down our chance when we get them and and keeping the puck out of our net. You know, I think uh, just little details and um, you know should be able to get on the run. You finished with two goals. Your brother assisted on a couple of the Devils' goals. Curious to hear your thoughts. Are there like, uh, is there like a friendly, you know, brotherly banter between uh, you two? Because, uh, because that was one of the main talking points during the course of the game. Uh, I mean, not on the ice. We are pretty, uh, you know, we don't, we don't talk at all. But I'm um, gonna go see him right now and hopefully give him a little, little trip or something. But yeah, he played great too, and, and uh, you know, his line was buzzing, so it's good to see. I imagine they don't talk much on the ice. No, but I mean, pretty pretty cool experience. Seriously, playing against your brother in the National Hockey League. I mean, it's old hat for the Hugheses. There's the three of them, but <laughs> but it is it, it is pretty neat. And I, I I certainly know from growing up with a brother and, and competing, and whether it's cards or games or whatever it is, there's always a competitive streak that you want to be the better of the two and I would imagine it's even more so when it's an NHL hockey game so uh, the the nice thing for the parents in the stands you know one of the kids lost but both kids had good nights this was both McLeods were very good in this hockey game Oilers take it 6-3 you'll also uh, you'll also hear from Adam Ernie who gets his first goal as a member of the Edmonton Oilers this is Heartland Ford overtime open line Fly.
Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Up to the right corner. Now McDavid in behind the Devil's Net to the left side. Left wing half smarts to Eckholm. He'll shoot it. Smith the save. Rebound. Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins picks up that loose puck. He goes upstairs. Well, the Oilers were awesome early in this game. Two goals in the first five minutes and 24 seconds. That's the one by Nugent Hopkins that made it 2-0. Akira Schmid was pulled, allowed two goals on six shots, and then the Oilers couldn't beat Vitek Vanacek until they beat him on almost every shot (laughs) uh, three times in the span of a minute nine. Early in the third period, the Oilers win it 6-3 over the... New Jersey Devils, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you as the Oilers now get set to take on the New York Rangers tomorrow night who are, uh, you know, having a great season, Rob. They've, uh, there's been some entertaining games between these two teams. Yep. Uh, the one earlier this season was a pretty convincing Rangers 3-0 victory, but they're 22-7-1. and They got the best record in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. They're 10-3 and at home. Um, so a, a tough test, and we just had the caller ask about the goaltending. I mean, it's it's going to have to start with a, a solid game from Skinner, I think. I would think so. Uh, the Rangers are, are good. It's funny. They, they went all in last year and made some big trades. They went and got Patrick Kane. They got Tarasenko. Uh, things didn't work out. But this year, they're starting to give some of the younger players uh, more ice time and more of a responsibility. Lafreniere having a nice year. I know that there are a couple injuries. That is it Chidal, who's a nice hockey player. Oh, Heedle, yeah. Heedle, he always plays well against the others. He's out. Kako is out. But they are, uh, they had great goaltending. They've got very good defensemen. Uh, they have one of the few defensemen in the National Hockey League that's still physical in Truba. He, some of the biggest hit that you'll see on the sports centers late at night will be ones that involve him. It'll be a good test. Uh, I don't, the, the, the back-to-back games really don't affect hockey players much anymore. Three and four. There's literally no flight. There's tonight. no flight. I mean, are they are they in the same? I think they're hotel? bussing back. I think yeah. they stayed in Manhattan. Yeah, so they're, they're in the exact same up. hotel. So it'd be just like playing two home games. But the Rangers are good. Uh, they will make you pay when you make mistakes. Uh, they are even with injuries. They are fairly a deep team. They would be one of the favorites coming out of the East. So this will be a big test for the others. I can tell you this that going into the Christmas break, having some days off, it sure would feel a lot better having back-to-back wins in New Jersey in the Rangers than having lost four to five games uh, in, in your last little stretch. So I would imagine the Oilers will empty the tank. The coaching staff will use his best players as much as he feels he needs to use them. And right now, the way that the Oilers' top line is playing... The New York Rangers are the ones that are going to have to find a way to slow down the McDavid line because right now what we've seen over the last 15 games, no other team has done it. The ice time tonight, Bouchard played the most at 23-27. Ekholm and Nurse almost the same. Ekholm 21-26, Nurse 21-24. Nugent Hopkins led the forwards at... 21-14. Usually I would say, well, that's because he kills penalties, but he didn't, didn't have, have to, to tonight. tonight no. He just didn't take a penalty. McDavid played 20-02. Uh, Drysaddle played 20-31. Now, obviously, the last 10 minutes of the game, they, they could back off a little bit, which was nice about building up that uh, that lead. Uh, who was the shots on goal leader? Hyman had seven. Well, I, not shocking the way that that line was going, and he's the guy that's always around the blue paint. I would hazard a guess that most of his shots were off of rebounds or off of plays in and around five feet from the net. Uh, continues to be effective. I think he was held off the score sheet tonight, but he was effective in the way he played. He looked, and he, I, I know he skates well, but he looks quick this year too. Like he, he's really. I mean, he protects pucks so well, but he's like spinning off, and he had scored that one goal where he came out of the corner a few weeks ago and stuffed it in. Well, one of the things when you're on the ice with Connor McDavid, so much attention is at McDavid, so that if Hyman has the puck, the defender is looking at Hyman, but he also is trying to find where's McDavid on the ice, and McDavid, excuse me, Hyman uses that to his advantage. He, I, what I love about Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, for the most part they don't always think they have to pass the puck to McDavid. 
And uh, a lot of players, when you play with a superstar, you think, okay, I got to get it to him. Is he open? They both will take the shot when the shot is there. That makes them a much more effective line. All right, 6-3. The Oilers beat the Devils. You'll hear from Adam Ernie when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Now Lazar let it go in the save made by Becker. That line is hoped to one Now brought out by Ernie down the right wing. He'll cut to the net. Scores! Adam Ernie, what a move! And he makes it 5-3 for the Oilers. Adam Ernie into the lineup because Connor Brown was scratched and Ernie makes it count, scoring the fifth goal in a 6-3 Oilers victory. Here he is. Adam, uh, you're hoping to draw in uh, to the lineup for a few weeks now and you get your chance and you deliver in a big way. Just take us through the feeling right now. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, dad's in the stands, um, best buddies in the stands, so uh, it's a good time to get my first one for sure. Um, yeah, it just feels great. If you had uh, one of your best friends and your dad in the stands, do you have any pregame conversations with them that kind of got you amped up a little bit? Not too much. Um, you know, I know it goes unsaid, you know. Um, you know, we only come out here uh, once this year. Uh, usually I get to be around around here a lot more, uh, playing in the East in the past. So um, it's definitely special to be able to perform in front of them. Your first game since November 28th. Take us through that process. What did that process look like for you as you kind of awaited your opportunity? Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, just trying to stay a part of the group. Um, Put in the work and practice after practice, and um, you know, on game days when you're not playing, it's uh, it's tough. But you put in the extra work, and um, you know, it's a process. But it makes you know scoring, coming back and scoring, you know, that much better. What did you think of your team's effort overall? Obviously, a big start, uh, maybe a little bit of a lull in that second, but responding in a big way out of the third. Yeah, I mean, I think you know we, we talked, and I think we, we you know we liked our second. It just you know the puck wasn't going in for us. Um, you know, a couple unlucky. Maybe bounces here in the second period. Uh, you know they made some plays. That's a that's a fast skilled team over there, and they're going to capitalize. So um, I think overall we liked our game, especially the response in the third period, sticking with it, and um, you know just sticking with the same game plan, not trying to change too much, and uh, it worked out. What did you think of the rapid fire three goals, 69 seconds, with you finishing it off? I mean, on the bench, what was kind of the uh, the feel and, and and the vibe of what you were able to accomplish? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's um, that's part of us just sticking with the process. You know, I think uh, we're lucky enough to have the the firepower on this team to be able to do that. So, I do think it's important that we you know just stick to our game. And I know that's pretty generic, and you know a lot of teams say that, but for a team that can you know just pop goals in like that, sometimes it will with with the players that we have in our lineup. Um, you know, it is true. You know, just stick with the game, and eventually, uh, it will work out. Three goals and 69 seconds. How were you guys able to exploit the Devils' defense? Like, what uh, holes did you see in their overall execution? Well, I think you know, an emphasis for us was getting the puck a little high and, and getting it to the net right away, not letting them set up, um, and having guys at the net. And I thought Hyman did a great job all night, and uh, Eki did a great job all night at getting him to the pu- uh, getting him to the net. So, um, kind of like I said before, it's just kind of sticking with what we were doing, and finally, uh, it worked out for us. Okay, that is Adam Ernie as he gets uh, on the board for the Oilers tonight. Edmonton led it 2-0 early, led 2-1 after the first. They outplayed the Devils in the second period, outshot them 18-6, but the Devils got both goals in the second period. The Oilers were not deterred, four goals in the third. It's a 6-3 victory for Edmonton to snap their three-game losing streak, and they are 14-15-1 on the season. Calvin Pickard, the winning goaltender, 23 saves. He's 4-0 in his career against the New Jersey Devils. All right, our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. We're right back at it tomorrow. 2.30 for Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, 4 o'clock face-off show, and then the game Oilers at Rangers is at 5.30. Get more on the Oilers, more on this game on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers win 6-3.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.